turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Anyone could do the work, anyone could do government contracts, but in terms of the paperwork, that's where we all fall short. Okay. Mm. And that's where really these large organizations, they have like literally, I mean, they, they're leaps and bounds ahead of us because they have mastered the paperwork. And we get so bogged down with not understanding the rules and how to do it. And so that's why we're either afraid or we don't attempt or we get in trouble or we fail because of that kind of stuff. And for me, I didn't realize I had to teach people we had to create a business, like an organization. And so I had to step back and start talking about those things, you know, probably one or two years into my YouTube because people thought that they could somehow, um, you know, uh, I don't know. They thought that you could, you could just be a, a like, you know, John, you know, Don Johnson business LLC, you know, and then and get a contract. And I was like, wait, you don't have a business. And they're like, yeah, I need a business to get a contract. I'm like, yeah, who are they going to give the contract to? They're not going to give it to you, the person, right? right. right? They're going to give it to your business. And so for me, I, I'm learning that about the trucking world and the space and anybody out there is, you know, I'm just having to educate people on, creating the business. And, and so that, that goes back to what you said about a lot of us are, are drivers or we're, we're providers, we're the, we're the program managers, we're the workers, we're the employees, but we're not the actual owners. And so we don't own anything, right? right? But we're That's actually delivering all the goods, all the services, providing all of the value to, the, to these multinational organizations, but we don't own anything. So I just had to step back and start telling people about creating the business, right? That's their foundation uh, before you get into this, because I mean, the government's going to check you out. So for sure, for sure. Well, that, that, that's what we're here for, man. We're here to provide that education and, you know, um, get people out the driver's seat into the ownership seat. You know what I mean? Well, so we want to start talking. So, so, so let's get busy, man. Um, Listen, um, yeah, I haven't even introduced you yet. So (laughs) hustle fam, hustle fam. um, We got a super dope show for you today, as always. I have a government contracting giant, no pun intended, yeah. on, a, on, on, on the hustle on the truck and hustle show with me today. Eric Coffey, welcome to the welcome to Truck and Hustle, man. How's thanks, how's thanks. everything going today, man? Nah, man. Happy to be here. Happy to share the knowledge. You know, I mean, I believe in democratization of information. Give it away, brother. It's free. No, no, <laughs> no doubt. I love that. Now you've been one of the one of my most heavily requested guests, man. So I had to reach out to you and get you on the show. Um, the Hustle Fam loves government contracting, man. So we gonna get into your head a little bit no and 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 learn today, man. You all right with that? Hey, I love it. This is what I do. <laughs> all right, beautiful, beautiful. All right, so before we get started and get into the meat of things, we have to kind of talk about your backstory and kind of understand how you got into this space. Um, so let's talk about it, man. You, you, well, well, first, um, just to kind of introduce you a little bit, um, GovCon Giants, right? Yep. That's the community that you run, CEO. Yep. Um, you're a podcaster. Um, yep. You have a YouTube channel. Yep. Um, you do a whole lot of things, author. Yep. Um whole lot of things going on for yourself. So let's talk about it. You mastered government contracting. Let's start from the beginning, brother. T- talk about your backstory a little bit. Uh, backstory real quick, because I, I definitely want to get people some, some tangible information that they can have. I love uh, back, it. Real quick about me. 2007, the last recession hit, similar to what's happening now with the pandemic. Uh, the markets crashed. You know, people were out of, there was no work. There was no businesses. 
uh, I had um, kind of was transitioning my business from doing real estate. I used to be a real estate salesperson. So I sold real estate houses for a company, Remax. And then I was transitioning into becoming a general contractor where I actually construct and build homes, you know, licensed contractors. A lot of people do home additions, remodels, things like that. So I got my license and then the market dropped and then there was no industry for actually building homes because there was nobody buying houses. There was no business. Uh, at the same time, I actually owned three properties. I had a couple of rentals. One of my buddies who used to fix my air conditioners, he's an AC guy. He said, Hey, uh, you need to talk to this guy. He, he you know, he has uh, some insight into the world of government contracts. Um, we actually, he was really busy. We met, we actually met in another country. We took, went to another country to meet and talk to this guy. Uh, by the way, that's something I think people should keep in mind. You know, if you can't, like this guy was so busy. My friend said, listen, why don't we buy him a plane ticket, like pay for his vacation to get a chance to talk to him. So that's something that I don't even realize that I did that. I, and just in telling you the story that like, when you say, you know, people don't make time for you, maybe offer them a vacation, maybe meet them on a vacation, you know, meet them somewhere. And so that's what we did. And he uh, introduced me to the world of government contracting. He told me that there was billions of dollars out there in, in contracts and they never run out of money. And uh, so at that point, I, I set up a corporation and I started helping him. He was a certified small business. Uh, he was getting into the, what we all probably know or heard of is the 8A program but he didn't know how to do it. He was uh, still in the truck. This guy was literally fixing air conditions in his van. And he told me, look, can you figure out this government contracting stuff and I'll split up the money with you. And um, I said, okay, great, I could do that. And I just went to a bunch of classes, learned it, uh, studied it. And uh, at some point I was going to the trainings that the SBA was offering and I was pretty much able to answer all the questions before they could, you know, before, like, mm. before they could give me the stuff. And they literally had to tell me to stop asking, like stop answering the questions and save it for someone else. But I mean, I just studied it. Like I just, I just dove into it again. I didn't have anything but time, right? You had no money, you got no business. Uh, so I just had a bunch of time and I just dove into it from there. Uh, we went from not having any contracts on a military base to being the number one contractor uh, in terms of contract actions. So that's the, in terms of the number of contracts, not necessarily the dollar amount, but we just had more contracts than anybody else. So the, and so we became what's like the incumbent. So we became the, the sitting uh, reigning contractor on that military base. And we just kind of ballooned from there. So uh, in between that time, uh, you know, I worked with a couple of different companies, helping them do the same thing. And I kind of got the hang of it. I'm like, okay, I've helped this guy. You know, this guy literally became a millionaire. I helped this other guy. He made millions of dollars. I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty easy. So then I went out, uh, did it on my own. Uh, I got kind of got the big head and then start diversifying the government and non-government. I got killed in, in the non-government stuff. Uh, and then I kind of restarted again, my business back in like 2013. And I just focus only on government, pull myself out the hole. Uh, there's some stories to it, but just I'm giving you the fast version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. But but what happened long and short short is I got sued on some private contracts that were non-government related. Uh, I lost about a half million cash, like in my out of my accounts. And then someone encouraged me, said, Hey, when you start doing business, what would you like? I said government contracts. And then I got back into and I only focus on government contracts. And I picked up a couple big like projects that pulled me out the hole 
from my lawsuits, from all of my stuff. And then that's when I decided I got to share this with the world because in the case of a future pandemic, like what happened in 07, people would be knowledgeable and prepared and not have to go through the same sufferings that folks went through. So that's like the fast version. Got you, got you, got you. All right, so let's slow it down a bit. So first thing I want to get into, because you just now said you lost uh, half a million dollars. Yeah. Can, you, can you share a little bit more about that? You said you got sued. What, what so what happens in- is, uh, and so after I worked with these two guys, I went on my own. I, I had my own team. So I had 23 employees and we were doing metal building erections all over the country. So we would go out and we were building these steel buildings uh, at different facilities of the country. Uh, I decided to work with, you know, because you're growing, you're growing your business. And you say, all right, I'm doing 2 million. You want to do five, you want to do 10. Uh, so I decided to work with some companies that were like these big companies that do a hundred plus million a year in sales. And uh, that what is it, not a government contract? This was a private contract. So this was a commercial contract uh, and the companies, they took advantage of me. They took advantage of small businesses because, uh, and, and you've heard these stories before. I'm sure you heard them where construction contracts don't pay the people. You don't get paid. You know, they hire you to build these buildings and then they don't pay you. Right. And so what happened was that was the case on my jobs is that they hired me to build one, in one case. They hired me for about a half a million dollar contract. They stopped paying me into the contract. And then because the, the way that the laws are in construction if you, if you, you cannot stop working just because you did not get paid. Got you. So if you stop working because you did not get paid, then you can't make a claim on that company mm. for your money. So Got you default you. the contract. If you default yeah. the contract, you can't go back and claim your rights to the money. So you got to work unpaid to be qualified and eligible to, to file a claim against that company. It's oh, crazy. Wow. It's the craziest thing in the world I've ever heard in my life. But wow. that's how construction works. If, if I hire you on a construction job and I don't pay you, mm-hmm. if you decide to walk off, then you defaulted the contract. So, okay, so let me just get a clear understanding of this. So they hired you to do this construction job. You had a subcontractor doing a job? No, this was I was doing your it. Company. I was doing my own team. You, my own you were people, actually doing My it. team, yeah, my employees. But, the gov- but they didn't pay you? The, the, pers- the company did not pay me. Okay. So right. how, did they, how did they expect you to get the job done? <laughs> Well, well, you know, <laughs> uh, construction is a rough business out here. I, okay. I, I tell people all the time, uh, if you've got any friends in construction, it's a tough business. Uh, you don't always get paid in construction projects. I mean, on a, on a, on a serious note, right, uh, and we don't want to get political, but you've heard of Trump yeah. not paying people for building, building those buildings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's exactly what happens. That's real wow. stuff. Wow. This is real life. Wow. That's not some myth that people make up. This happens all across the country, right? Uh, a lot of these, these big time construction companies are not paying their subs. Hmm. So what they'll do is, or they'll string you out with the money, right? So they'll pay you 90 days. They'll say, oh, no, no, we're going to pay you. We just haven't paid you yet. Well, you got to keep working. So right. you have to, you're basically financing the project for them. Hmm. Because you're putting up all, imagine if, you, if they hire all these people, and they pay you slow. Uh-oh. Something happened on my screen. Is that me? Yes. So, something happened with the... Uh, you, you're still oh, good. You still okay, sound good, but... Oh, I know what it was. I was... Okay, I got you. All right. Yeah, so you're saying imagine if... So imagine if they hire uh, 10 companies on a $100 million project and all the subs, they pay them... They, they call it slow pay. Um, and they slow pay them 
then that you finance that job for them. So then they could then take that money and do other stuff with it. And that's what a lot of these, it's really cra- that's crazy. You, it's very yeah. crazy. It's crazy. So, okay. So, so as a contractor, knowing what as you a, know as, now, yeah. Right. How do you circumvent that? Like, how would you go into that kind uh, of situation? So what now? I, what I, you know, it's funny is that the guys where I started when I first started doing construction, cause I had never done construction before. So I, I only heard that, but I didn't know it to be true. Okay. So the people that circumvent that is they only work with people they know. Mm. They just work. With, they just, only work with companies. Straight. It's a straight trust thing. They only work with companies they know. Um, the largest construction. If you look it up, the largest construction companies in this country, uh, they're sued probably every single week. They don't pay wow. people. They 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 drag out their payments. Uh, they're constantly bankrupting small businesses out there. And I and I tell my people, I do not advise anyone to work with those big companies unless you know the actual people that you're working with. Right. Right. Okay. Well, because I mean, that's, but- their, that's part of their game is, is if they can pay you, or let's say they could pay us all 80% of our contract, then they make 20%. Right. Right. So they'll well, say, so they'll say, for example, hey, uh, uh, so I'll give you how I got in trouble. So in my particular case, yeah, uh, I was supposed to start my project on, let's say October the 1st. Right. They were not ready on October the 1st. So then they said, okay, you can't start until November the 1st. Well, what am I supposed to do with my employees? Right. Uh, right. I got, so if I scheduled something for October the 1st, so then I send my employees to go to another job to start working. Right. So then they say, okay, we're ready to start. Well, my people are working somewhere else now. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, what do you want? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. my guys, are, like, they gotta, we gotta finish up over here first before we come back to you. Oh, For if sure. you do that, you've, you, you've just, you're delayed. So I'm like, wait, I, I delayed the project? They're like, oh, yeah, wow. you just delayed the contract now. Wow. Wait, what are you talking about? You, we're supposed, we, we've got a contract signed that says you're gonna start on this date. And then you decide you want to start at a future date because you guys are behind schedule. Then you want me to take my guys from off another project that's paying me to come over here to start your job. Because, and so then they start saying, okay, you're late. So you technically that's a strike against you. Right. Right. So then they, wow. they again, they're, re, they're masters at uh, manipulation in terms of small businesses. So I, I just caution any small business, uh, particularly in construction industry, uh, you know, the Gil Baines of the world, uh, Skanska's, all these big time construction companies, they, they have a track record of slow pay, no pay contractors. They will hold out your retainage, your 10%. And so that's just part of the, the, the tactics that they use to, wow. to, to basically uh, increase their bottom line. A lot of times they bid the projects at cost or one or two percentages for the customer, the client. So they bid these big projects to their clients at a very small margin and then they make their money off of little guys like us. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. So, 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 yeah. the, so the half, that's why, the half, that's why for me, I'm so big on government contracts. That's one of those reasons where I told you earlier, my why is strong. Yeah. Because uh, if you know, that doesn't happen in the government's world, right? The government is, I always tell people, they're like your parents, like they love you. They call like the government that doesn't happen there. Um, you, you won't find that situation. The government pays me in 15 days, um, 30 days sometimes, uh, because if it's a last payment, so the government is always paying us fast. Uh, we've been paid as, as early as 12 days on projects in the government. Mm. Uh, so 
those kind of problems, it's a, it's a really strong way to build a foundation to grow a business out. And it's, and it's a great uh, footing to have, you know, build your organization, build your people and have reliability that you can actually grow a real business. Um, you know, work with these guys. How can you keep 10 guys or 20 employees if you're always dealing with money issues, right? Right, if right. It's, you know, so with the government, you can build out a long-term sustainable business that allows you to actually grow an organization. And that's, that's really what I, what I advocate and that I want to teach for people is that, you know, you want to hire people, but long-term, you know, like, I'm not looking to hire a guy for two months. Right. So imagine again, if, uh, if you were, let's say you had 10 trucks on the road, right. When you want a contract that was three years, four years, five years, then you know, like, okay, these 10 trucks are covered for five years and these for 10 sure. employees are covered for five years. Or now, if you know that, then you can maybe can invest in two or three more trucks and you keep building and growing your organization. And that's the difference with the government world versus in the, in the commercial sector. At least for, again, I can only speak to construction contracting. I've heard they say it doesn't happen in IT, but I know that on these construction projects, the Marlins Stadium that they built, these stadiums, there's always people that don't get paid. I had friends that worked in the Marlins Stadium. Uh, they were left holding the bag on hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wow. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Well, thank, yeah. thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah. Um, so are you, you, are you actively involved in any government contracts now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Can, can you share like some of the types of contracts that you're involved in? I still, do, I still focus primarily on construction. Construction? Yeah, okay. I, focus, I, I, you know, one of the things that I tell people, and I want this to be clear, uh, it, you cannot do any, in a, a government contracting in terms of federal contracting if you try to cast a wide net across multiple sectors. So you can't come out into this marketplace and say, I'm going to do IT, construction, janitorial, staffing, and I'm going to do, uh, you know, airplane parts. It doesn't work that way. Um, right. The government is so big and so vast. There's so many people to talk to um, that it really just imagine a spider web that just kept growing. Uh, you can't not connect all the dots by casting a wide net. You've got to focus in on a single area and then be known for that particular area and space. So for me, construction is now my background because I've, I've now done it for 13 years. And so for me, um, I'm really good at that in terms of, of that area and I can talk to it, I can speak to it. And so you know, whenever I'm meeting with someone from the government sector, I've got a lot of what they call past performance and construction. So then that helps me when we're, we're engaging with the client to, to show you know, that you know, my strengths and what I could deliver to the government, right? That value that I could deliver. Because in, in terms of the government, they are looking for value. And that's, that's, that's part of your pitch is the value that you can bring. Right, for sure. Like they say, the riches are in the niches. So you wanna, you wanna definitely niche down. You have to niche down. You have to niche down. So uh, yeah, I'm, uh, that's where the area I'm gonna focus on is just construction. And I could share, um, I don't actually do it in terms of what, what my company no more. Uh, what I do is I have a piece of another company that I work with and I get it. So I'm the one that actually is out front that's doing all the business development. Uh, I'm the face, I'm the name, right? But it's behind another company because when it comes time to actually getting the contract and doing the work, th that's when I turn it over to them. So then gotcha. they actually get the contract and do the work. And that allows me to continue to do my YouTube, continue to do my podcast and continue to do all the great things that I do for people, write books and all the other stuff. Um, and the same time, be active in the marketplace. That's why I say, if you listen to my podcast, I'm the giant that walks the walk, not just talks the talk. 
So yeah, I actually yeah. do. And I picked up 11 million in contracts in the last two months. I've done about 29 million this year so far. Dope, dope, dope. So, so the, so basically these are, this is your, not your, not your company solely, but the company right. that you work with. So you don't use subs. That, um, to do uh, we do use subs. Yeah, we use subs, but you okay. have to perform a percentage of the work. Oh, okay. Got you. That, yeah, that's so a part of the stipulation. Subs. You have that's to perform. That's part of the stipulation. Right. Yeah. That's important for people to know because a lot of people are giving misinformation and saying you could get a contract and then just sub the whole thing out. And that's not true. Okay. Right. So okay. If, when it comes to uh, any type of service contracts, you have to perform 50% of the work. Got you. And okay. Then the other so you can sub out 50%. Got yeah. you. Oh, right. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you a way around that if you want to know. Yeah, of course. We, we want to know. Let's get <laughs> it. Let's saying, get it. Let's get into it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all So what we do, right? So how we get around that is, let's say, um, I don't know, let's say, say, say janitorial, right? Um, or landscaping. Those are two popular ones that people always ask is janitorial and landscaping. So if you get a contract and let's just say a round number, $100,000 contract, You've got to do 50,000 and then you sell out 50,000, right? Well, what I always tell people to do um, is the people that, if you have a big company that actually knows how to do the whole contract, then what you do is the 50, 50% is 50,000. Well, plus remember, you got, you're going to have some profit, right? So let's say you have 20% profit. Fair. So, Fair. okay. So now um, really you only have to do about 30%. Okay. Because 20% profit goes against towards your 50, right? Right, right. Okay. For that 30% of that contract, then uh, what you do is you hire that person's staff on your payroll. So you get the same payroll company, you put them on your payroll. They're technically his staff, but they're just on your payroll. So then you comply. Mm, and this is what you. people do, right? So this is the way that, again, I tell people how, you, again, we're not breaking any rules but this is how other people get around the rules. Right, right. This is how the winners win, This is how the winners win. So it's not, <laughs> it's not about like, uh, well, I can't meet that requirement. It's just how can I meet the requirement? So then I right. show people how to meet those requirements. So basically we get this big company and it, maybe we hired, uh, maybe it's 10 people. It's mixed up to 30 grand. So we hired the 10 people from his staff. Put them, we're on the same, if we're at the same payroll company, only difference is the checks come from. That's it. Bank. Right, 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 right. What did you have to do? Right, for sure. Now, <laughs> now with some of the, if, if you're doing like construction or something like that, there'd be some like workers' comp implications and so, stuff like that so also. Construction, uh, the construction one, the, you only have to meet 25%. Okay. Okay, so construction is different. Construction is 25% if it's specialty and then 15% if it's like general construction. So it's really, the numbers aren't that high. So okay. what we've done, yeah. So for that, it's really easy because if you do the administrative work, the project management stuff, you're going to hit that most anyways. So we normally gotcha. do like the rental equipment and administration um, and that usually covers it. So I, I'm, where I'm helping a student right now who just won a contract uh, out in California. And so she's picking up, for example, the dumpsters, the, all of the rental equipment that the sub was supposed to provide because again, your sub's going to provide equipment to the job on construction. So they might buy right. cranes, bulldoze, whatever you put that on your side of the cost. Mm. Okay. And then because it's your contract, technically, right. You're the administrator, you're the project manager. So you're going to have the administrative cost that goes along with that and that in the field. And then the actual heavy lifting is done by the sub. 
Got you. So, so the percentages, the percentage breakdown is actually like the, the payroll, the payroll dollars. Like when no, you no, 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 no. They, they look at, um, and I could, I could send you the language. I actually have a video on that specifically, okay. but okay. The, you know, so we don't have to get into the weeds of it, Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, because you can watch the video that explains it and then read it and explain it. But ultimately, um, there are certain things that are excluded from that, but, but really the, 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 the answer that I tell people is that you cannot write out a subcontract agreement. So if you had a hundred thousand dollars, you can't write to anyone more than 50,000 of that. Got you. That's okay. just, that just simplifies uh, it. Simplifies it. Right. Without all the nuances. So right. if you keep that in mind, if your contract is a hundred thousand, right. And it's services, you can't write out more than 50,000 to the sub. Gotcha. gotcha. So then okay. you, you have to, then you have to figure out how to put all this stuff on there. But again, like I said, um, we've never had a problem with someone wanting to put their people on the payroll because they don't care because the checks, you know, come from them. And even if to your point about the workman's comp, when I did construction, my workman's comp was a part of my payroll. So it wasn't, it wasn't a separate policy. It was based on the hours somebody worked. So for example, right. uh, if you're making 20 bucks an hour, they might add five bucks an hour on workman's comp. So I, I would, you might get the 20 an hour, but I still have to pay another five on top of that. So again, right. it was part of the payroll. It didn't matter. Um, it didn't affect the, the actual, any, any other numbers. So it's still just a payroll, a payroll company handle that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the they, they're, they're, taking, they're taking it out they every take it week. out as you're doing a weekly. Right. So then, and then when you finish the job, they go back on these people's payroll, then it's done. Nah, it makes, makes a lot of sense. That's, that's a super smart workaround. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I look, like man, we don't always have everything, right? You know, as small businesses, black and brown people, we don't always, always have all of the resources necessary to do this. So we have to figure out workarounds. No doubt. All right. So, so if you had to break down government contracting into like a, a, a three-step or like a four-step formula, like success formula, yeah. how, how would you do it? Do, do something like that for the people. Let's put a framework around it. Framework. Uh, one is learn contracting. So you've got to learn the rules, right? Like kind of what I've told you. Um, so people get contracts and they don't know the rules. They don't even know about the actual percentages and work you have to do, right? So Imagine if you were awarded a contract for janitorial and you didn't know that you had to do 50% of the work. Right. You'd right. be stuck. Like you'd be in trouble. For sure. So I always say learn the rules. Um, that to me is always is the first thing is learn the rules. Uh, number two, again, we talked about niching, right? So finding a niche to go after. I see from, you know, from my experiences of being on YouTube and being uh, in this space, talking to hundreds of thousands of people, uh, a lot of people just, they think that, it's like set up an Amazon store where you can just set up a store and sell a wide range of products. I don't even think that works on Amazon, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, right, right. I just, That's funny. You're right. You know, it does it. It, it does, does it. it. Like, you know, I don't you can't people, sell baby diapers and iPods. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just, people be like, what am I here for? So I, that's one of the things that I say to folks out here um, is, is, you know, is again, find you a niche. Uh, and then, you know, once you've learned contracting, find a niche, then it makes it really easy. Like if you have those two components, if you understand, and I'm not saying you have to know all the flaw and all the regulations, but just knowing some of that basic stuff like that, which again, and I can tell you some, the next part of this, we could talk about some of the common questions people ask, Yeah, uh, you know, but learning contracting, finding a niche. And then the third thing is really, um, the third, I mean, I would say the third and fourth thing is really um, networking. So this is mm. this whole industry is old school, 
it's all about knowing people and people do business with people they like, know, and trust. So really it's relationships, relationships, relationships. Um, you know, we say networking, but uh, I just, in a different way, I say relationships is three and then relationships is four because mm-hmm. it's that important. It, it takes up two out of your, your top four things in government contracting really. And that's why the whole power of community is so important. And what we do, and I'll be honest with you with my whole GovCon Giants platform is we, I'm going to find very soon the course and my teachings are not going to be the most valuable part. The connections will be. So the, gotcha. the lessons and the courses uh, will be the least valuable and the actual making the connections will be the most valuable because that's how you get in. Like, so yeah. when I'm referencing the student that just won a contract, Randy, so I'll give you an example of, um, you know, the community, how powerful we are. Yeah. So for example, uh, Randy lives in Dallas, Texas, right? So Randy started making connections with the FAA. So Randy lives in Texas. She makes connections with FAA. The, because it's the federal government, there is no centralized location. There is no centralized place. So she's talking to the FAA in Texas. The contracting officer that she's meeting with, with FAA in Texas says, hey, this is great. I would love to help you, but I don't have any projects in Texas. I got projects in Indiana and North Carolina and California and Oklahoma, but nothing in Texas. So right. Randy says, Eric, what do I do? I said, well, give it to me and let me put it out to the group. So we put it out to our audience and say, hey, who would like to do work in North Carolina, Indiana, and California? Because we have projects that this person saying she's having a hard time getting people to fulfill. And that's another thing that people understand. The government has a hard time trying to find us. Mm. They need us just as bad as we believe we need them, if not worse. Though they have a difficult time trying to find us because they're not given all the tools to be able to look for people. So they can't, uh, using an Amazon example, they can't go to Amazon and just buy something. Right. So they can't just do a Google search, right, for, for uh, plumbers and Cal- they can't do that. They have to use the method, the means that they're given or the processes that, are, that they're taught in order to find contractors. So they, they're limited in how they can go search for us. So it, it's part of our responsibility to go to them. Mm. Right. So let's go back to community. Um, and so what happens is, so Randy comes to me, I send out an email and I make a video and I say, Hey, we've got contracts, blah, 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 blah. We're looking for construct, we're contractors. Uh, people reach out to Randy. We connect them with someone in North Carolina. That's one of my students. We connect them to someone in Indiana and then we connect to someone in California and then someone in Oklahoma. And so now, right. She's built that relationship with that agency. Okay. We're connecting to other students, right. That we know of. And so from that meeting, um, one of our students picked up two contracts, one in North Carolina, one in Indiana. Randy, we just picked up a contract in California with another mm. student we partnered with. Right. Okay. And then we just, um, we, the final one in Oklahoma hasn't been awarded yet. So literally, right, someone from Texas was able to help cultivate. And again, by the way, none of this stuff was publicly bid. Hmm. So none of this you would find on any public website. Wow. Wow. So that's why I say relationships is three and four, because without them, you're almost dead in the water. Got you. In terms of the federal government. I mean, you're pretty much dead in water because you're like a ghost business to them. Where where are they looking, Eric? Like you said, there's only a few places, a few resources Um, that they have. Where are they looking? 
they look they look for they look for companies that are registered in, in the SAM database. Um, there's a there's there's in the SAM database you set up what's called an SBA profile, and a lot of us we don't even go through that step because we think that once we got registered to do business with the government that that's the final step. There's actually a second part to that. And a lot of people will try to sell you on, on paying to get that done when you could do it yourself. And I'll give you uh, your audience a real quick tip. If you go through the SAM.gov registration and you register your business, um, the second part is called your SBA profile. And if, if I were to pull up an example uh, on the screen, if, you were, if we were to show you like a search of say 20 SBA profiles, like an order, uh, probably 16 of them are not going to be filled out correctly. Hmm. So, so really probably 20% of the people actually go through that second step and do their SBA profile correctly or even at all. And because it's not, it's not mandatory. Right. You can submit it without, you can, you can move forward. You can, without you can doing be registered without doing that part. Right. So, so people so are people just lazy for the most part. <laughs> well, they think it's not valuable. You know, I'm gonna tell gotcha. you something that people do. They spend more time on their website than they do on their SBA profile. And the government doesn't even look at their website. <laughs> but they don't know that. Right, right. My right. people who have the biggest contracts don't have, don't, some of them don't have websites. Wow. But this is, these, these are like conditioned things that, uh, you know, we do because people tell us we have to do them. Right, right. Not knowing. Got you. So, so what's, what type of things are... That. What, what, what type of things are in that SBA profile that, that why wouldn't people fill it out? Like what, what's the big deal? The SBA profile, what the kind of things are in there are uh, keywords to search for your business, keywords that describe what you do, uh, your past performance is, is in there. Um, if you're in construction bonding, if you're registered, if you have any certifications, women owned, small business, uh, service disabled, small business, those types of things are in there. Um, people don't fill it out because, again, most people are trained to think that the government, like that we are all judged based on our websites. Mm. And, I, and I know that because that old school thing, and people come to me and they go, oh, uh, your website is not this, your website's not that. And I go, it doesn't stop me from getting contracts. Like, you know, <laughs> right. like, like, right. like that's, right. what's the relevance of that? That's uh, the website, maybe you're doing, I, I mean, the only thing I could think you're doing it for your friends. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I got to just be like, yo, check out my website, man. Look at it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just get my about page, man. You see this? You see this picture? <laughs> oh my god, you doing it for your friends? Oh, you get man. me? Like people don't. That I, I, I mean, the website is really it's a vanity play. Vanity, and yeah. It's for vanity. There's nothing. I mean, there's no requirements that about website in your contracts. Hmm. I'm telling you, my, my, one of my most successful students and, and Maria, uh, she don't have a website, the, but the government calls her for contracts all the time. Wow. But she has no website. Wow. So people come to me like, Eric, check out my website. Take a look. Tell me what you think. I can tell you what I think. <laughs> I think you don't need it. You're wasting think, your time. <laughs> I think you're wasting your money and your time. I mean, and you know what's even worse is that people sell people this. They will say, hey, buy my $3,000 package, which includes a website, a statement, you know, your registration, da, 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 da. Right. And right. people are like, yeah, 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 that's good. It's cheap, a $3,000 package. And then I'm like, oh, buy my course for 600 bucks. Oh, man, I don't have 600 bucks. So I bought this $3,000 package, and, but I got this website. I got this. And I'm like, 
<laughs> so oh, they don't know how to, they never learn how to do business. They don't even know what the people are looking for. Um, and they have a bunch of useless things that they per- purchase that, that are of no value. Wow. Wow. So where, so what are the government looking for? So the SBA profile is uh, one of the places where they search for contractors. And then the, the, another place where they search for contractors is the government does what's called market research. Okay. All right. And I think um, if someone at home is listening to this and they're running, they're jogging and watching TV, they should probably stop and listen to this one. Because out of everything I'm going to say today, this is probably the number one thing. Okay. The government does market research. Before they put out contracts, they do what's called request for information, RFI, and sources sought. All right. That's part of the market research. What they do is they're asking, hey, we have this potential upcoming project. It's XYZ. If you have the requirements to be able to do this project, please respond and let us know. I think that's what I sent you on my IG the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? The guy. Okay. It was a green slide. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what the guy said? If you don't respond to my request, I won't answer your email. Right. If a lot of times when they're getting ready to put out a, a solicitation, right? Before they put it out, they put out, this is they put out a study right and they say hey because this is required this is by law like they have to do this so they put it out uh, a study and it's going to go publicly on beta.sam so you can find it it's it's a free website nothing doesn't cost you anything um they typically do about 500 of these a week 500 a week 500 a week now this is cross um, different niches. So different like, niches, different niches okay. in the industry. But the point is, it's, it's, everyone's everyone everyone should be find something in there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> five hundred a week. week. Yeah, every week, every single week. There's five hundred. Um, right. And I was making a video once a week going over this stuff. But but I want people to understand how important this is. So the government puts out these market research, right? And it says RFI sources sought. Um, and they'll put it out and they'll say, okay, can you do this service? Whatever the service is. You then, they say, if you can respond to us and answer these five questions. And it's really simple. Like, I mean, it's basic. So let's say, let's talk about trucking. They may say, uh, oh, no, no, I'll give you a better example. I'll give you one that we just did three days ago. So the hurricane hit, where are you at? Where are you located? Jersey. Okay. Well, the hurricane hit you guys up there in Jersey, in New York. Recently. Not really, slightly. Not really. I mean, we had we had a little residual, but not not really. I guess that was just the people crying I I talked to. They were, ah, yeah, probably. <laughs> they, they they wasn't going through nothing for real. Trust me. So, well, the hurricane just hit Pensacola two days ago. Okay. All okay. right. So the hurricane hit Pensacola, right? Now I'm on IG. What's this? Okay, it was Wednesday. The hurricane is on top of Pensacola. We're hitting Pensacola, right? My students is on the internet looking. The government puts out a research, market research that says we need uh, generators and hoses to take out the flood water that's going to be on Pensacola left when the hurricane leaves. They put this out the, at the, while the hurricane is on top of the people. <laughs> oh, shit. So, because people don't realize that the government, we're solving They're myths. proactive. 
Yeah. Well, well, they got somebody got to go and clean this up. It's yeah, for sure. Yeah. People not looking at that stuff. I get ahead of the projects. That's why I get it. So one of my students jumps on my IG live and he's like, "Hey, Eric, the government just put something out an hour ago that they need these generators, these pumps, these hoses. Cool. All right. So we there's a market research. Does anybody have generators, pumps, and hoses? So Maria." We know somebody that did it in Miami recently. He just finished doing Miami, pumping out all the water. Cause you know, all the floodwaters sit there and pump them out and they pump to another area. Yeah. Um, so Maria sends the guy back, this is FEMA. And she responds and says, yep, we have generators, pumps and hoses. This is my company and we can provide you that. Well, FEMA calls her and says, give me a list of all the stuff that you have. And we want it. They want to rent it from her. Wow. So, so it never, there's no bid. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? There's yeah, no yeah, bid. Yeah. There's no, uh, people, people are waiting. Well, this is the proactive methodology. This is, this is the, um, and, and, and as opposed to creating a website, this is how they're, this is, again, you go where they're at, right? You don't get, you don't tell the government to come to you. Like, right. Hey, I have a website. Come over here and look at me. They're like, I'm asking for something over here that's very specific. If you don't talk to me to that, I don't care about your website or what you, you get me. Like right, I, that's right, not right. my need right now. My need is this. Can mm. you address that need right now that I have over here? And that's the same way with the example of the FAA that we solved the problem because she says, look, I, I great. I'm, I know you're in Texas and I, I, I met you in Texas, but that's not where my need is. What I need is something in Indiana and North Carolina and California. Right. Can you solve that need? Right. So all right, I do right. is I teach people how to solve their needs, right? Don't try to take them to where you want them to be. Find out where they're at and how you can help them where they're at and what they need to get done. And so we basically, um, we're getting that list and sending over to the FEMA guy and there will never be a, a bid issue publicly. Uh, we'll probably get the contract. Uh, we'll just give them our pricing and then they just want to rent it from us. We don't even have to set it up. We just have to give it to them. They just want to rent this equipment. So we're going to give them the equipment and, and tell them what we have and then rent it to them. They'll give us a, a contract and then you'll hear about it after we've already got our money. <laughs> It'll be done already. So, so, so in order, so that was dope. Um, that market research. So in order to receive that market research, where do you, you, we, they have to have your email, right? So no, where would you need, you know, it's publicly posted. They have to publicly post all this in beta.sam. Oh, it's public. Damn. Okay. It's publicly I posted. That part. It's, it's publicly all, posted everything in is in beta.sam. Okay, five hundred. Five hundred. People oh, don't look for that. They look for bids. Mm. See, when people go to Sam, they're looking for bids, because I'm gonna tell you what's gonna throw you off. The market research says this is not a bid. <laughs> Got you. What it says? It Got says you. this is not a bid. No funds are obligated. You will not be reimbursed for responding to this. This does not mean you're gonna get a contract. Blah. blah. It says all this stuff. So people are like, oh, I'm not doing that. But they build a wow. website. <laughs> wow. wow. They go build a website. That's crazy. So guess what? Um, we just we're negotiating. We just won, we did one two months ago. Um, Department of Agriculture here, market research. Maria responded. Yep, we could do this work. Um, it was like repave some roads, some streets, sidewalks, and stuff like that. The, the contract people only sent out bids to the people who responded to the market research. Hmm. 
That's interesting. That's really interesting, man. So I'm I'm, I'm just people, curious. So what why all that stuff? No one's why, why is the why are they doing the market research and not putting it out for bid? What what's what's the the discrep like why are they why are they putting that out there but not just putting it out for bid? Like I, I'm trying because to figure they're that required, out. They're required to put out market research. Okay. They're they're required and they're not required to put out bids. Got you. So market research is a requirement. A hmm. bid is not a requirement to be put out. Got you. Got you. So in people essence, don't, people, you're, you're, people don't realize this. I tell people this all the time when they say, well, Eric, I'm looking on, on beta.sam. I don't see any contracts. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that's not where you go to find contracts. Like they're not, that's what you're looking for is not there in the, in the way that you're looking for it. And so Got what you. happens is um, like when people, someone, I had someone try to like check me one time. I was like, oh, I looked up your name. I didn't see no contracts. I'm like, you're looking in the wrong places. You don't even know what you're looking for. All you guys have is a big old database, but you're looking for the wrong stuff. It, it, the, the part of the, the government, um, their responsibility is, right, um, when you look at what, what people call low-hanging fruit simplified acquisition, right, SAP, maybe you've heard it before, they call it low-hanging fruit contracts. Those contracts fall under a certain dollar threshold. And if there are small businesses that can do them, they're going to, they have to give it to a small business. Right. Okay. The, but there is no regulation that says that um, the actual contract itself has to be put out to like hundreds of people or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? You get me? Um, yeah. There has to be a, there's a process that they must follow, but market research is one of the things that is mandatory. Mm. Got you. So, so even when they do big contracts, like for IT stuff, like billions of dollars, they still have to do the market research. Got you. And, Got you. and wow. what happens is, I'm going to tell you something else. We are our own worst enemy because since we fail to respond to the market research, when they do put out stuff for bids and it doesn't become small business or it doesn't become set aside for women or whatever the case may be, we only have ourselves to blame because we're not responding. So I've seen government reports where it says no one responded. So we gave this, we made it open to the big companies. But we're out wow. complaining that, well, why are these projects not set aside for us little guys? Did you, did anybody respond to the market research? Hmm. So then there's no ammunition because the government has their own checks and balances behind the scene. Yeah. But you've got to, but you've got to give them the ammunition to be able to fight for you and advocate for small businesses. If right. we don't, again, that's why I'm telling people, you can't take them to where you're at. You have to go to where they're at and help them do their job because there is someone looking at all of these reports saying, how did you guys do helping small businesses? And then someone, imagine this, imagine the person who's over this agency, right? They're going, okay, I'm looking at my report and I put out, I did my market research and I found no small businesses responded. What, what, do you, what do you want somebody to do for you now? Right. Right. What can they do for us? They can't, how can they, how can someone fight that? If you're, if you were trying to make that argument and, and somewhere in Washington, what are you going to say? Can't say anything. <laughs> what can you Nothing. say? Like you're a small business guy, right? And you're Mike like, I'm going to get these people. I'm, right. <laughs> <laughs> Mike drop. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, when you, when you go on, on, on beta Sam, like, is there a way to search for specific it. niches? It says, through the market RFI, research? it says source of thought. That's what it's called. Okay. Got it you. That's it. 
So you just put in what you do and then they'll find that market it research. Says, it says when you go to beta.sam, right? It's, you could search for sources sought. You just click the box. You check it. You check sources sought, right? Sources, sources sought. sought. Okay. Yep. You check it and you hit filter and it'll give you all the sources sought. And then you can sort it by the past day, past two days, past week. Um, and then you can sort it by, you know, your industry, like whatever your industry, your space are in. Wow. I can promise you this. I can promise you. Any one of your people that does this will get a contract. I'm not saying I'll get one tomorrow yeah. because sometimes it takes months. You know, I've done it where uh, it took me, I responded to this one agency, two sources sought notices, uh, and it took about 12 months, before, but, they, but, but they gave me a contract, not bid. Right. They gave me a contract. Right. Okay. Damn. Now I've responded to some of them and they gave me a contract in a month and they're not going to necessarily give you that contract. Okay. So in these cases, um, we have, again, that's why it's just important for us to respond collectively. If we can get together as a community and start responding to these things, we can really shape how contracts flow to people that are in our communities. Wow. We can Major, really shape the landscape. Major jewels, man. So five, five, basically a five-question survey questionnaire, market research, yeah. just respond to it, and you could be looking at a contract for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, don't, don't, don't be uh, impatient. Just trust the process. So just yeah. keep doing it. Keep responding. Keep responding. Um, a lot of times what, we, what happens is um, because, again, sometimes they need, they need a couple people to respond. The rule is called the rule of two. If two small businesses respond, they have to set aside for a small business. But it, it, let's you. say, you know, let's say, because again, we know how it is. Everyone's not going to do it. Just like we said about the podcast with Johnny Dumas. Me, yeah. you're not going to do seven days a week. Look, that's, that's not realistic. So right. if, because we are responding, we don't get to see what's happening in the background. I'm, you know, we're not sure if someone else responded. So if no one else responded, maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't work, right? Because, Two of us have to respond. But imagine if we can, this is what I tell us. We should be working together. Like, hey, did you see this? Yeah, yeah, you right. saw it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. you respond and I respond. Yeah. We should be working together, right? Yeah. And then responding. And then that way we can start like putting stuff aside. But, but again, the other thing is we have to submit our capability statement, right? So the capability statement is more important than a website because that, Everything that you do that you talk into the government on the federal side is capability statement. So you've got to submit your capability statement. So again, you got the five question survey and, and they're different. Some might be three questions, some might be eight, but same thing. It's just like a survey of questions. Um, and then you might, you, you, depending upon what they ask, you would then attach your capability statement on the back. Now that government person, right? Um, like the guy with the hoses, let's say, so oh, FEMA, he's asking specifically for hoses. Now, check this out. You asked me earlier, how do you build that relationship? How do they get to know you? Do you think that, right, let's say some, we, we do this, we give them the hoses thing. The next time a hurricane hits and he needs hoses, is he even going to have to call anybody else? Nope. Going right know? back to you. <laughs> so people say, how do you get those phone calls? Because I responded to this guy. Right. And because it's not a bit, there's no legal um, rules against talking to you. 
See, that's right. another thing people understand. When it's a formal bid, then they're not allowed to talk to you about anything outside of the bid because then you would have, uh, un- like they'd be giving you more knowledge than somebody else. And that'd be like unfair, like bias. and Right, right, right. But when it's not a bid, <laughs> you can talk to you about the whole thing. Right. So they have their ways. They understand this stuff. It's not for us to rack our brains about why do they do it or how come they do it like this. Just understand it. So again, okay, we'll go back to number one, learn contracting. If you understand the rules of the game, then you can succeed and win at this game. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. How, how, how often or do, do the rules of the game ever change? Like, are there no. like, okay. this, stuff, this stuff has been going on for years. Got you. So, so like, for example, cause I, I know you're always studying, you're always learning, yeah. right? Like g- give me something that you learned about government contracting within the last like 30 to 60 days that you didn't even know. Um, okay. Um, I did not know. I learned this and not just me, one of my, uh, a partner company that I'm working with now that we just, we just did a partnership together. They are a tribal company. Okay. And so uh, this guy used to own the most successful 8A firm in history of government contracting. Okay. He owned it. They were the most successful 8A firm in the history of wow. government contracting. He's that now, sounds big. Sounds like yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, guess what? He's my new partner. <laughs> nice, nice, so, nice. So I tell you what kind of stuff we're working on. Okay. 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 Right. So he just taught me and he just learned it. I'm just telling you because I want you to know that we're talking about people who've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm just trying to qualify it, not trying to brag, but in the sense of because we both just learned it. So uh, tribal companies, we knew that we could, we could do sole sourcing. Uh, sole source is when the government calls you directly, gives you a contract, no bid. You don't have to compete with other people. Um, so we knew that they, they sole source high numbers. Uh, so we knew that for sole source, for tribals, they just set the limit to $100 million. So they could give them a $100 million contract um, without any being competitive. Well, uh, what I just learned recently was that they can actually go above a hundred million sole source. Mm. Um, but they have to do a justification for it, but they could still do it. Got you. Got so, you. So now this stuff doesn't apply to most people. So that's, yeah. just, that's just, so that's, that doesn't really matter. That's big, that's big dog talk. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Talking about <laughs> We trying to make a thousand dollars out no, of here. I got you. No, I don't. But you just, but that, that's just nah, but, but, but that's the question. Now I'm just, I'm just curious because I know, like, so, you know, things, so, so we're, we're always learning in our in our industries in our um, perspective. So taking it back to a smaller level, um, they they changed a rule that affects small business. And again, this is still big dog talk, but it's it's important. Um, so the government before when they determine how do you go from being a small business to a large business. They look at your annual receipts, right? So they look at your annual receipts of what you did uh, for that code. Well, up until like just maybe a year ago, they were looking at a three-year average. Okay. So they take your three-year annual receipts, 10 million, 10 million, 10 million, divided by three. They said, okay, you averaged 10 million a year for the last three years. So if your cutoff of being small is 10 million and below, right? Then you're small if you're under 10, if you're big over 10. Makes sense? Makes sense. Okay. They just created a new rule in the government where they now are looking at a five-year average okay. instead of three. So what, why does that matter? Well, 
it matters because if you are, you know, once you've learned this and you master it, you start growing your business. Most of us want to stay small business as long as possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> For sure. so, so, you know, and, and, and believe it or not, I know people think that 10 million is a lot. It's really not that much in this space, in our space right. here. Right. It's not right. a lot. Um, and, and it doesn't mean you have $10 million in the bank, by the way. Right. Right. So I just want to clarify, people hear me say I did 11 million. I don't have $11 million in my account. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that, you know, 4 million of it is a, a, a multi-year contract. Um, and then um, we picked up three contracts that are around 7 million. So that's okay. how we get to, to the 11. Um, so, but out of the 7 million, uh, I could say this, you know, there's a couple of us involved in it, but there's 1.2 million profit. So we're splitting up like a million two. Gotcha. On the seven. On the four, we haven't done the contracts yet, but on that, we'll make another 800000 profit that we'll okay. be splitting up. So that's roughly the numbers for people because I know people always want to know numbers and money and stuff like that. So yeah. for us, it's just, I mean, I, um, it's, it's like one, I, I, I have it here. It's like six, we're just under $7 million and we've got about $1.2 in profit. So you guys could do the percentages. Gotcha. Yeah, pe- pe- people love numbers, man. People yeah, always want to know. Get to the money, man. How much you money are you making off these contracts? Yeah, yeah. How much you doing? Yeah. You know, and listen, but 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 the thing is, um, it's it's just so going back to the 10 million. So that rule basically went from three to five. And I can tell you why that's important is because, like, for example, with us and the company that I'm working with, when I met them, they were at 19 million, but because of the contracts, they're now at 28 million. And okay. so our cap is 36. Mm. So, you know, you do that three more years and we would technically be kicked out of the small business program. Right. Which is a bad thing. Stop making so much money, man. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like, uh, well, you know, it's, it's, I hate to say I'm fair that I'm, I sound like I'm like the privileged people, but right. it really, it, it, it's, it's unfair in the sense for me that, we just learn how to do this. So now you give me like all this other time we spent learning. So right. finally, when I figured it out, let me eat. Right, right. <laughs> That's all I'm trying you, to you, say. You, you've been sharpening your axe long enough. I've been sharpening my axe all this time now. Yeah. Now when I get it right, can I eat some? Yeah. Like, let me, you know, three years is good, but five is better. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. No, that's a fact. I'm with that's you on fact. that. I'm so with that's you why, that. that's why, like, I partnered with the tribal company. Because okay. now with the tribal company, uh, if we, we don't run out of small business because tribals and Alaska native companies stay small business, right? That's as part of the like federal laws. That's yeah, why they you have explain, casinos. Could you explain like what a tri- tribal is? I mean, you kind tribal of explain is, uh, it to Native American owned companies. So um, if, for example, if most of us know casinos, like you're in Jersey, you got casinos, aren't yep. they ran by Miccosukee or Cherokee or Indian tribes normally? They're on that land. Those casinos are on the, that tribally owned land. Right. Um, and so the tribal native companies have special privileges in the government arena for contracting. Um, and one of them is that. So even though they could, they all do, can do a hundred million dollars. Uh, if they, you know, they just get create more small businesses, they get to just form another one and then another one and another one. So um, I'm partnered with a native company because the, the one I was partnered with now, we, you know, one is we maxed out his bonding. So his bonding was only 15 million. And I already okay. hit that. So he's maxed out on that. And humble, hum, humble brag. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so we, but again, remember, you know, it's, 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 no, uh, I'm just messing with listen, you. listen, I tell people we're running an organization here. 
So, you know, really to make millions, you've got to do hundreds of millions. Facts. So that's kind of like what I tell people. So, you know, um, if you're doing only millions, you're making hundreds of thousands. So that's just, you know, just being truthful about everything out here. Um, But to make like tens of millions, right? So like, that's what you really should be striving for. And that's kind of like, but tens of millions in your pocket, I've got to do some big numbers. And so I need a bigger partner to do some bigger numbers. Got you. Quick, quick, quick question. You're just now talking about like the tribal company. Like let's say a scenario where if you were to partner up with a tribal company, like let's say you're a minority, right? Yep. And and you have the tribal company and you guys are minority. Well, correct. But it's a specific type of minority, right? So would it would be a different, um, what, what do they call it? Uh, socioeconomic disadvantaged mm-hmm. business. Yep, yep. All right. So they would fall under a different class. Right. And, and you would have your own class. Like you're, you're a black man, you're a minority. Yep. Right. Okay. And then you have tribal. Right. Can you if, if you guys are both 50 percent owners, can you still do government contracting as through both of those different statuses? So like the opportunities for the minor, the minority black man and the opportunities for the tribal um, do you get what I'm saying? Am I, so, conf- am yeah, I, 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 I I'm following you. I'm following you. Okay. So, um, what happens is the, the tribal and Alaska natives trump everybody. Okay. Like okay. they, they, there's nothing better. Right. There's no other right. status better. So there's no value to them partnering with you. Okay. Got you. Got you. But, 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 but the thing is they have this, we, we, as minorities, uh, we have our own program, which is the 8A program. Okay. So we have our own program. We have our own vehicle to where we can do this ourselves. Facts. We don't, you don't have to necessarily partner with them. No, I got you. I you, got you. You, you know, I'm, you have your own vehicle to do this yourself, but so, they, wouldn't, so, they wouldn't partner with you. <laughs> but I'm, but, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying, okay, put it, let, me, let me create another scenario. Just like if you wanted to kind of like get in different doors, let's say you had a white man who was military, yeah. right? Let's yep. say he's a disabled service vet, okay. right? White man. And yep. then you're a black man, yep. right? Or you're a, a black woman, yep. right? But you guys have a business and you each own 50%. But yep. don't you have to own 51% in order to yeah. classify? So, to, to it, right, correct. To use, uh, to use the status of, let's say, the white guy who's the veteran, you, he'd have to have 51% ownership. Got you. But if you wanted to... Let's say, and I, so let's go back to a scenario. Let's say that you had a black woman who's a woman owned business, and then you had a white male who's a veteran owned business, and yep. you wanted to use that, then what you could do is a joint venture. So okay. you could do a joint venture together, and then you could use both the women owned status and the veteran owned status for that gotcha. combined company. That's where you're that's, headed. That, that's the workaround. Yeah, that's because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how you get the best of both worlds. So you know what, what I mean? I, what I, one of the things that I tell people, and, and, and again, you know, I think for me, where I take out the, the vanity and the humbleness is, is because I partner with companies because I, since I'm so, I understand this so well, that for me to try to, to create a business of my own that would do $30 million a year, it just takes too much time and work. So it's easy for me to partner with someone that's already an established business and then grow them out to that level. Right. That's the approach that I take. Right. right. So I, so that's one of the things that I tell people is that if you learn government contracting um, and, and by the way, my next step is uh, where I'll be investing in buying companies and then okay. taking them up to that level. So that's my, that's my next, that's when I, we were talking to myself with stuff in my, in my brain. 
Like yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. next frontier the next that we're headed. Yeah, yeah, next level we're going to. <laughs> but for people out here who's getting started and listening to this, uh, a really easy way to get started is, again, there's people out here who already have businesses. You already have people that have businesses um, that are already have past performance, that have experience, that have, you know, they have all this stuff. Partner with them and then take them into the space. And then you could mm-hmm. piggyback off of, off of one is you solve the idea of how do you get the work accomplished? Because, right, that's the hard part. I can get you a contract, but can you do it? So you solve the, 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 that gap of how do you get this thing accomplished? Um, and then you solve the issue of I don't have the money, I don't have the funds, right? And that's, that's, that was literally how I got started. Remember, I was working with this other company, but they had all the money, they had the people and stuff. I just had to go get the contracts. Right. So um, it's interesting because I was listening this morning to Derek Grace, and he was talking about how he tried to do everything himself. And then he had to bring on his family, stuff like that. And I think that's the same thing is that if you're out here trying to do all this yourself, it's really hard. It's really, it's, it's pretty, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's just really, really hard. Same thing with our podcasting and stuff. Uh, but if you partner up with an organization that's, that's already really good at what they do, their craft, and then you only focus on helping break them into the government end, it's going to be more fruitful for you and them. Because Makes now sense. you could start going after larger products than you would on your own. Just, you know, because this organization already exists, you have the experience because the government's going to ask you, hey, have you ever done this stuff before? You've got the experience gap solved. You've got the financial means issues solved. Uh, and then you've got, a, it's really like having a big partner. And that's, that's what I do now to this day. And, it, and it's been much more fruitful because, and allowed me much more free time because now, today when I get contracts, I don't have to worry about, okay, shoot, I got this contract. Now I got to actually, now I got to hit the ground and get it all done. Right, right, right. So I kind of pass that off to someone else. They take care of that part. And then I keep, I go look for the next opportunity. Yeah. And so that to me is a way that I, that I think a lot of us, we have to make a a mindset shift and change the way that we perceive things and look at them and say, look, no company, no company is doing everything on their own. Nobody. Even the biggest companies in the world, Boeing's and Northrum Groups and SAICs, they're partnering up together. They're doing joint ventures. Right. So we right. need to look at that as a workaround to uh, being in a silo, being by ourselves, trying to think about this. How do I do this whole government contracting thing on my own to saying, how do I bring on a partner? Right. Um, whether they're the ones that actually do the work. Right. So they're the ones that like, like you know, they're the ones that are going to get the contract done. And then you're the one that go out and, and wrestle it down. Um, or you're the one that's going to get the contract done and they go wrestle it down. And if, if we look at that, I think that we'll be much more successful long-term. No doubt. No doubt. I love that. We, we, we were speaking a little earlier before we got started about, about our whys, right? And I wanted yeah. you to kind of dive into that because you were telling me how, you know, no, no one can beat you at this game. No one's going to be better than you because you have the strongest why. Yeah. And you, never, you didn't tell me what that why was. So right. I, I need to hear about that a little bit. So uh, when, when the market crashed in 07, um, one of the guys that I looked up to, I mean, this guy was doing, I mean, again, I'm a kid, I'm 20, in my 20s. And this guy was doing uh, $10 million a year in business. And uh, he, like he, when I first get it, I, got, I was learning how to do construction. I never did construction in my life. And so I'm like, you know, this guy was like a mentor and I'm talking to him. And, um, but then the market crashed 
and he said he wanted to commit suicide. Mm. Man, what the hell? What happened? To, you know what happened? And uh, I don't even know if his wife knew this, right? And so I'm not going to say his name for that purpose. But I, I don't even know if his family knew. But he said he, he considered it because he lost everything when the market crashed. Like a lot of people, us took a bit. A lot of people that were around back then lost a lot: houses, right. money, property, stocks. Everything crashed. And he said that um, the only reason that he didn't do it was because his best friend, who also was another contractor, actually did it. And he saw hit what it did to his family. Wow. So think about if someone that you looked up to, you respect, you admire, that has, seems like they have everything. Like, I mean, you know, his family was very prominent people. They lived, in, they lived next to the basketball players in Miami. Like they live in the same neighborhoods. Is right. LeBron it was down here and Dwayne <laughs> Wade, they live, they were their neighbors. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. again, I always try to model those successful people, right? Like, I'm like, I want to be like them. And then to, to, to see all that vaporize, and, um, and then what I realized was that, you know, they were, they were just in the wrong marketplace. Like they just were doing commercial markets. They didn't know about the government contract piece. So I'm like, wait, so you're telling me that if he just known about the government contract piece, he would be in a totally different position right now. Like, you know, he would be in a totally different. And so seeing that um, and knowing I had someone in my family, you know, really personal that committed suicide. Like oh, wow. I know how tragic that is and I know yeah. how dark of a place that is for people. So I just vowed that, you know, I wouldn't let that happen on my watch ever again, that people would not, you know, they would know um, this option existed out here. And I call it evergreen business because really when the country and economy is the worst, the government steps in the most. Right. So they ratchet everything up. Right. So you go from like, you know, uh, a water hose to a fire hose. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean really like look if you look at it every day right now trump's giving out contracts the government's giving out contracts 500 million 400 million every day right now right right every day vaccines potential vaccine preparation for vaccine potential this potential that they're giving out farmer subsidies they passed a trillion dollar cares act i mean so um, if this guy had been over here, he'd be filthy rich. Yeah. He would have been richer. Yeah. So I just vowed that I would educate as many people as possible, as humanly possible, that this market exists because there's enough money for every, every single person, every single minority person can get contracts and it's still, we won't touch what the government's given out. Right. This is a $10 trillion market. It's crazy. You can't man. even, like, we don't, you can't even calculate that. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. Cra it just it is. So for me, that's that's really what for me when I go, uh, you know. And again, I'm just, like now with the pandemic, people are like, like I just looked at an email today. The girls, you know, I was talking to somebody about it. Well, they might have been good before the pandemic, and now look what happened to them, everybody. Right. For sure. For sure. And what did I say? I, I did. What did I say? I did this year. Twenty nine million. Yes. Yes. So I've had my. I'm having my biggest years, and we're now. I'm having to find bigger partners and bigger players to go after stuff because of all the opportunity that I have, right? right? The last time I was the guy on the outside looking in. Now I'm the guy on the inside, right? Looking outward and saying, wow, these, you know, I, I don't see any suffering. I don't see it because yeah. my people in my circle are not, they're in the same game. So we're yeah. not suffering. My, one of my friends just made his first million this year, like clear, like cash, like he got in the bank, clear. 
Recession proof, baby. I mean, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we, nah, you know, it's real it, talk. It's but real that, talk. But that was that was strategic. It was planned. You know, like I made that commitment back then, for right. the time that is today. I didn't know this was gonna happen today. Right. But I, but I've been talking about this since 2017. Yeah. I didn't predict the yeah. pandemic, but I know. Again, most people don't study history. The history of our government says, I mean, if country, it's gonna be another recession. Yeah, for sure. It's just it's just gonna happen. It's cyclical. So I just want to be in a position where I was in a business or marketplace where I didn't have to worry about that anymore. I didn't, I didn't feel an ounce. I'd never, I didn't feel an ounce of the recession. I didn't feel an ounce of, I'm listen, I'm still trying to figure out how to spill that $1,200 stimulus card they gave me. (laughs) (laughs) The only place I found that I could use it, I was telling Maritas, is at the liquor store. Because everything else I write off. So I was like, what can I use this car? Because I'm I don't want to buy equipment. Like all that stuff I, I need to write off for, right? Right. So right, I right. ain't using it on that. So I'm like, what can I do with two hundred dollars? Oh my god. <laughs> so every time I go to liquor store, I just use that card because you can't write off oh liquor. My god. <laughs> <I'm> That's just, <laughs> hilarious, man. That I was gonna funny. donate it, but it's funny. I saw another comedian guy said that. Oh, it was a rapper, I remember, but he's you know when you donate that people, people sometimes feel insulted. Like, That's all you could give me, two hundred dollars, and you doing right. all this stuff. Right, so I just right. thought not to donate it because people, you know, they, they yeah. get finger. They want to. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. Yeah. You know? so I, I, I just was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Cause it just, it's people are not, they're ungrateful anyways. <laughs> nah, I dig it. How, how, how does somebody, how does somebody work deeper with you, man? Talk a little bit about your community GovCon giants. Yeah. Um, if somebody wants to work, you know, hearing all this information that you're giving out, how does somebody connect with you and kind of, get get deeper into this information with you yeah we are actually so right now um if we actually have uh, i actually i'm creating a facebook group for trucking um so we have a facebook group that we're creating specifically for trucking um we found that there's a lot of success in and in having industry specific groups so we do have a facebook group for trucking um facebook facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash gcg trucking so that's government you know, GovCon Giants trucking. Um, and then, but for me particularly, um, I was only selling a course before. We're now turning that course into an academy. Um, and then we're doing some coaching. I have about 16 coaches that I'm training. Um, okay. Some of the people, names that I mentioned um, that are winning contracts. Uh, so we are creating some coaching programs. But again, you know, visit my website, GovConGiants.com. Sign up for my email list and you'll always be kept in a loop on everything that we're doing, all the stuff that we're offering. It's the best place. Got you. And yeah. um, we, ha- we, we have to get your final thought as we wrap. Um, you know, we just want to just, just, just give the Hustle fam a little something. You've been dropping jewelry all day, but just, <laughs> just one more one more final thought one before more. we get out of here. Um, you know, I, 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 one more thing I like to tell people is this. The, the government contracting game is get rich slow. So it's get rich, but it's get rich slow. So be patient out there. Uh, you know, keep doing the activities, have faith, believe. Because again, like I said, if you, if you continue responding to the, the market research, the source of thoughts, uh, maybe it takes a year, maybe it takes 13 months. But at the end of the day, um, you know, that $6 million in contracts that I got came from, from those activities. So that led to getting $6 million in contracts, which led to a million dollars in profit. Well, a lot of people, I'm sure if it took you a year to get a million dollars, you'd wait. So <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. I would say, I'd say continue doing activities and be patient. It works. 
No doubt. And, and, and you just now, when, when you said that, it just now struck another question in my head. So aside from just responding to the market research, um, do you do any like follow up on top of that? No, like emails, I don't follow calls? Up. No, no, no. No, I, you know, part of my strategy is three, is three prongs. So I look at it as a triangle. Market research is one of the three. Okay. okay. So I actually do business development where we reach out to the government agencies themselves. So I actually reach out to them. Uh, they all have small business offices where you can reach out to them and talk to them. Um, so I do that as one other of my approaches is actually reach out to them. So market research is just one, because I guess we were talking along the lines of, uh, where does the government go? What do they, how do they find you or something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of how we got to that market research question. So, so when you reach out to them, how does that look? Just like an email? Uh, so or a call? when we reach out to them, every agency has a small business office that they're supposed to talk to you, right? So you, okay. you have the right to, to, to contact their small business office. Um, once you've developed, again, once you've learned contracting and you've developed your niche, right? So then we go to how do you start building relationships? Uh, I reached out to the small business offices and we set up a meeting before we used to do one-on-ones, but now you do virtual. So you'll set up a meeting with them. You have your capability statement. You have a list of upcoming projects that are coming out. And then you have uh, basically essentially how you can help them meet some of their needs. So that's one of the other approaches that have been really instrumental in me landing all of our contracts is we ultimately reach out to the small business offices. Uh, we let them know, our capabilities and what we can do. Um, we look at specific projects and we say, hey, we see that you have these upcoming projects coming out, right, in 2021, 2022, and how can we work together, right? What does it take for us to, to, to be on one of these projects with you guys? And then and, they start, and those, they're telling you. And those projects are in the market research? That's where you're uh, finding That's those part of your projects? market research that you're doing. Yeah, part of the market research that they do. Every agency puts out a forecast list of all upcoming opportunities. So you could go on their websites, find a list of forecast opportunities. So again, when people are looking at just the bids that come out, that stuff is too late. It's too late. I mean, I've, if a bid comes out, I saw it two years ago. Got you. Because so you want to go to the individual actual wanna, agency's yeah. website and look at the opportunities. Yeah, look at the opportunities that are coming out. They've already got lists for 2021, 2022. Mm. So they already have an idea of what they're going to be spending. I mean, this, they, they know. So they know 21, 21, 2022, what they're going to be buying. So you can pull that down and then sit down and have a conversation. But the, again, the problem is most people are talking to the wrong folks. They're right. talking to a contacting officer about uh, some potential opportunities coming up. That's not their job. That's not what they do. So that goes back to your learning. You got to know who you're supposed to be talking to about what and then when. And talking to the small business office about upcoming opportunities in the future it's perfectly allowable because again, this is not, as long as it's not a contract, it's out for publicly for bid. There's no rules to talking about it. Right. right. And who do you ask for the contracting agent? Is that the, no, that's the a, small business office? So just call, you can call you can or any, you can Google the agency that you want to talk to in their small business mm -hmm. office, small business office. And then you say, hello, such and such. And then no, you no, say, the small Hey, office. you say, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Eric. I'm calling from XYZ company. Um, I like to set up a one-on-one -on -one to talk about my company. And Got said, you. Okay, no problem. Like, like it's, it's like they said, no problem. And they're receptive just like that. There's this no, job. this is their whole job. <laughs> That's their <laughs> job. <laughs> That's, like, if you go to Publix and the people don't ring you up, you'd be like, well, it, this is their job. <laughs> Like, that's their job. So they're, so they're sitting, they're sitting in the office all day doing nothing. Time, and nobody's coming through to ring them up. And then we, again, we blame the government for why we don't get contracts. This, that's I've crazy. had people like this where they, I can't get them off the phone. Right. 
<laughs> like finally, be like, somebody like, called me. Finally, somebody called me. We don't even we don't do these things because right. we're not taught this. So we're called. Right. We see a contract, right? Most people see a contract and see somebody name on the bottom. They call that guy. They call that guy. They call that guy on a contract. Oh, it don't work. I'm calling people. They not calling me back. That's not the guy you're supposed to call. <laughs> this is not the guy you're supposed to call. This guy knows the least about the contract. Take write this down, everybody listening. The contracting officer knows the least about the contract. His job is not to know about the specific work. He only job is to know how the money is supposed to be allocated, the funds, nothing about the contract itself. So you call this guy about trucking and it's a trucking contract. Man, I don't know about no trucks. <laughs> Man, I don't know about no truck. He probably don't even knows the truck involved. Only thing he knows is how the funding goes, how the dollars are allocated, how it's supposed, you get me? Yeah. That's a contract yeah. officer's job, but we don't know that. So people, we getting bad advice out here. So you out here calling the contract officer, ask this man about the contract. Man, don't know nothing about the contract. Wow. And so that's the problem with people. That's why I get all the time. People tell me, oh, I, I did this, I did that. And I hear this and I'm like, who did you call? Oh, the guy that was on the, on the forum that I saw. I said, I didn't tell you to do that. Right. Yeah, you're talking about go to the small business office. That's not the small business office. The small right. business office, I mean, it's like telling somebody to go to Publix versus Taco Bell. Like, I didn't tell you to go to Taco Bell. I went to Publix. <laughs> it's not, how could that be the same? To, like, I just, I don't get the logic sometimes. And I get, right. I get frustrated, as you can hear me. I, I be getting like, because <laughs> people think that that's the same thing. It's yeah. not the same thing. Just because they're the government and it's a person, doesn't make it the same person you're supposed to talk to. Right. So, right. so people and their logic and their wisdom and their insight is so all combobulated because they're like, well, I didn't know it's the FAA and I just called them. And I'm like, that's, that's why that's you're not, not getting return phone calls. That's not getting return emails. That's why your stuff ends up basically like you're frustrated and like it doesn't work. Right. The small business office, they are, every agency has one. That is their job. Okay, so I'm in New Jersey. I do janitorial. I'm Googling yep. what? You do janitorial. You Google. Well, okay, first you have to find out who gives out janitorial contracts in New Jersey. Okay. How FPDS, do I do uh, FPDS. USA Spending. USA Spending? Okay. USAspending.gov. Janitorial. New Jersey. They're going to produce a list of agencies who do that. Now you have a place to start. So now you got 10 agencies, right? Okay, now you call the agency. Well, you go to their website. Do they have a list of upcoming projects, right? So now you go to that agency, let's say a GSA. GSA, go to their website, list of upcoming projects, janitorial. They give you a list of projects, blah, blah, blah. Now you call the agency small business office. Okay, hi, I'm such and such janitorial company um, here in New Jersey. Uh, I see you've got some upcoming projects in 2021, 22. I'd like to talk to you about my company. Okay, let's set up a call. Let's set up a meeting, blah, blah, blah. You set up the meeting, you get on the call, you take your capability statement, you take the list of projects, and then you, you and they basically sit down and they do, it's like an interview. That's it. Wow. Now <laughs> you do that, plus you do the market research. So they may say, hey, we're going to put out some market research. Make sure you respond. Make sure you let us know. 
that rocket research is so important because that has to go back to the small business administration, to the program. Like there's people that are advocating for all of us, like literally their job. There's somebody whose job is to look at all these reports and say, okay, so if you respond, if you call them the, the small business office, you respond to the market research, they can't say you don't exist. They can't say like, oh, we never heard of you before. Like, you get me? Because right, you're going right, right. to them where they're at. Right. Not that website. Right. <laughs> not the website. I just don't do the website. Could they not look at your website? Oh, man. And then you do your SBA profile. Because then they can reach, type you up and then print out your report and say that this young man is some... I think I have one here. But they can say this person has, um, we looked at their profile. They've got, you know, they can show you what you've done. This is their past right. experience, blah, 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 blah. You've sent them a capability statement. Oh, yeah, I met with that guy. He was a nice guy, blah, 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 blah. They may call you up and say, do you do disinfectant? Do you do spray? Like, they may then call you, start asking specific questions about something that they're considering you for in the future. Right, right. And then they'll email you bids that will not be publicly posted. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Well, well this, this this podcast is definitely not sponsored by GoDaddy because <laughs> nobody's <laughs> building websites anymore. Nobody's building websites on this podcast. Oh my gosh. Uh, nobody's building websites. Oh man, listen. Any any anything else you wanna you wanna hit us with before you before we go, bro, and we wrap listen, it up. You listen, you you've been listen, great, man. man. I appreciate it so I much. You, man. I'm like Tupac. I got a lot of stuff in my brain, man. I could do this for hours. So, you know, I mean I, one thing I will tell people. Check it out. I have a book coming out um, where I've summarized a lot of this stuff called GovCon Launch Book. So we'll make sure you just put a link to it in the notes and we'll, yep. it's going to be uh, probably the next three to four weeks. I, it's, it's already in its final stages. Uh, it's gone through three re revisions now. Um, so it'll probably be out in the next couple of weeks and they'll be able to get it pre-ordered soon. So. And what does this book exactly show you? What is what it talk uh, about? GovCon Launch is how to launch a government contract and business. So it tells you okay. all the stuff that we talked about today. How to be you. Yeah, how to be me, right? Yeah, yeah, all, it goes through all my story uh, and it goes into the actual details of it. My first book, Billion Dollar Playbook, is a list of the websites that you need to. So like when you're asking me questions about where to go to do this, where to go to do that, my first book, the Billion Dollar Playbook, tells you through all that stuff. Because again, if you don't know what to Google, right? Google doesn't help you. Right, so right. That's that what my first book, I realized that was like, well, people are like, well, where do I go to find this information? Where do I go to do this? So my first book is a list of 72 websites uh, that you can use for free and or very like cheap information regarding government contracts. Uh, there's nothing in there for sale. It's like places to go to do all this kind of stuff that we talked about. How do you get this research? How do you um, look up who's buying this, where to go, what organizations to be a part of, where the government's going to be at. So you could be, again, one step closer to being in a room with them because when we're networking, we're trying to build relationships. We got to go to where they're at again. That's right. And that's, as you can see, that's my theme of this, right? Is yeah. Yeah. Them, right. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you can't, the government's not coming to you. They're not coming to us. They're not knocking on our doors. And if you do get an email from someone that pretends to be the government, it's probably a scam. Um, I can, I can promise you that if you get an email of someone uh, telling you about pay this or pay that, it's more likely it's some sort of scam that someone has set up and sent you. The government is not reaching out to you directly uh, without you establish like first establishing that rapport. Right. So, uh, so without you establishing a report, the government's not going to send you just arbitrary emails about contracts. Right, um, right, those right. are typically people sense. trying to sell you services or scam you in some kind of way for money. But 
once you do start making those connections and those inroads, you'll know it because you like you spoke to Miss Maggie, right? So then you're like, you talk to Miss Maggie, Miss Maggie, like the FEMA situation. Yeah, today, if I get an email from FEMA about hoses and pumps, it makes sense because I responded to FEMA regarding hoses and pumps. Um, so now they know us. And then once we do one or two contracts, uh, it's quite possible that we may, you know, be providing FEMA hoses and pumps, you know, all this year. So that's just kind of how that go- it works. And um, a lot of times, the good thing about the government is because they're changing hands, uh, the people are coming in and out. It's giving a, a lot of us new faces the opportunity to come in and, and make a good impression, right? Mm. So there's not so much the old guard anymore. The old guard, yeah. And yeah. we can we can come in and make a great first impression for a lot of new people. And and again, I think that's that serves all of us well because again, just like anything else uh, with our our checkered history of the United States in the past, um, you know, some people have kept us out. But in this particular arena, I found. Um, that I've never been kept out of any doors. They've let me in everywhere I want to go. Um, and so I, I, it's, it's, it's almost like the military in the sense where the military is diverse and the military has all kinds of people. The same yeah. thing with the government and the contracting, right? The people that run these contracts, um, a lot of people look like us. And so, again, people are happy when we show up. People are happy when you go to them. Um, but you got to just do it the right way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, this this has been dope, man. I appreciate you right. so much, man. Hey, man. Everybody's been requesting you. I've been getting a lot of DMs. Get Eric on the show, and now I, now I see why. You know what I'm saying? Now well, I see now why. You know, man. Listen, I mean, this is this is yeah. I, look, I, again, I don't have as big a following as a lot of people out here, but I look again. I put out real information, you know. So I my information is all legit, it's real. I I show people my contracts, I show people my stuff. So you know, it's uh, it is what it is. I was, you know, don't don't wait till it's too late to, to try to find out about me because it's, it's, <laughs> you know you know how people be like, dang man, I you know like nobody knew the moves that Jay Z was making until after the reports came out. That's a fact. That's a fact. Right? That's a fact. You're right. They didn't know what moves he was making until after reports came out. Same thing right. with LeBron. They didn't know. Oh wait, LeBron got a soccer team now. So so yeah. you know i mean i drop hints i drop stuff in here i can't tell people everything but i mean i drop enough information for people to kind of follow and, and to go along the way but you know some people are going to do it some people are going to listen and then others are just going to be like wow they're going to think of how we think about john, uh, uh you know johnny dumas like no nah, i can't do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, nah, for sure I can't do that, so for sure all right for well sure. i'm glad to be out here i'm help i help some people out here again check me out govcon giants and my name is Coffee, C-O-F-F-I-E. So if you Google me, you'll find me anywhere. We, we do a good, pretty good job of marketing ourselves. So you'll find me anywhere. All right? For sure, for sure. Appreciate Hustle it. fam. Listen, make sure y'all go check out Eric. This brother is a wealth of knowledge, as y'all can see, if y'all been listening for the last hour and 45 minutes. Uh, man, make sure y'all connect with this brother. Check him out. Slide in his DM. Tell him y'all checked out the show. Man, Eric, appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. One more much. thing. I got one more yeah. thing. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. On our website, govcongiants.com forward slash resources, you can find a sample letter to respond to your market research. Free. Mm, huge. Huge. Because you never asked me, how do you respond? I got a well, template you know, for free. You're right. Well, when you said it, I thought it was like a checklist, like a questionnaire or something Yeah, but like I got a sample template that you could start with and then okay. build from. Gotcha. Sometimes they may not give you the questionnaire, right? They may, what if they just ask if you could do it? So I got a template for free. On That's my huge. That's huge. See, I wasn't I on know. my job. I should have asked nah, that question. <laughs> nah, I, I had thought about it, but for some reason, I, it, we kept talking and then we moved. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I Damn, really, because so I feel like we need to have this information so bad that I just give it away. Because like, we got to right. have this stuff. 
right, so listen, everybody, y'all need to definitely go to the website and at least get that. Because as you just, he just now said, the key is the market research. If y'all get that template, how to respond, everybody has to start. We all got a fighting chance, at least right there. Yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah. That's yeah. dope. All right. Appreciate you, bro. Thank All you right. so much. No problem. Be good. All right, brother. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.